Hello and welcome to Cemetery Tales Podcast. So, this episode, we're going to talk about dying alone and why people have a, a afraid of death and dying. Fear of death and dying. And that's normal. There's absolutely nothing wrong with fear and death. There's nothing wrong with feeling like you're going to die alone. That's actually very normal. And if your anxiety takes you to a place of certain heights, um, I encourage you to see a therapist or an advisor. I don't like to use the word shrink. I don't like to use those type of words. You know, there's nothing wrong with seeing a therapist um, to assist. That's what they're there for. They're for professionals, you know. But yeah, a lot of people have this fear, this fear of death and dying. You know, when you talk to people that's a little older, they don't feel like that. Once some of the older folks, when they're like 70, you know, they say the three score and 10, you know, they okay. You don't ever hear them talk about that. You know, my grandfather, before he passed away, used to say, I'm getting fitted for my wings. He never said he was afraid. You know, he knew what was going to happen in his life. Mortality is real. So, I encourage everybody to, um, as the previous episode, I know it went a little backwards, the order a little off, but the estate plan is important. Again, um, death is, you shouldn't, shouldn't be afraid, so to speak. I understand why you would be afraid. I mean, it makes sense to be afraid. I just encourage everybody to understand, like, circle of life. Not like lacking. You know, we're not trying to trying to make jokes about that. But you know, it, some things about death and dying is just so interesting when you look at it as a, as a whole. So, when you think of death, what do you think about when you hear death? <clears throat> some people think about um, skulls, crossbones, the Grim Reaper. You know, you think of a shroud or a sigh. What you think about with death, right? Or am I wrong? Pretty sure everybody does. You know, um, do people think about awareness? Maybe your awareness goes away. That is my opinion. I think your awareness goes away, and then there's a, a afterlife. You know, now <clears throat> I'm not saying this um, heaven, hell, you know, karma, judgment, purgatory. I'm not saying all those things. I'm just saying you lose your awareness. But essentially, that's what you do. You know, that awareness is gone. Do I believe that you have a life force and energy? Well, of course. Of course I do. I feel like that. But in order to talk about death, I feel like you need to talk about some of the other things that's that's uh, associated, you know, with uh, with death. For example, you know, I didn't bury a lot of people. And I just talk about, real briefly, the stages of uh, decomposition, you know. I know you're probably like, oh, this is adding to the anxiety I have for death. And I get it. That's why if you want to talk about it or want to know about it, you can't do this podcast. You know? But we also got to understand death and how it works. So, let's start off with the five stages of decomposition. The first is, of course, your flesh. You know, half of our body shows sign of livability and no signs of insects. It's the beginning stage of decomposition. Then you go to stage two, which is that early decomposition. So the bacteria grows throughout your body. It releases some gases. 
um, which in turn like blow up the body, and then it caused a, a unpleasant odor. Now, I think I mentioned an episode where we had to dig up a lady. We had to disinter her, to reinter her somewhere else, and we buried this lady. She was a indigent burial, so they buried her, and we had to uh, dig her up and move her. But when I say indigent burial, it is she didn't. She only was buried in the casket. She didn't have her boss involved. So um, the reason why I'm mentioning this is because she was in stage two, so we put her in the ground. She was not involved. You know, so we had to dig her up. It was very different with uh, the smell, of course. So we put fix on our noses to, to, to you know, stop the smell and everything. But the amount of insects that came along with this, it was heavy. Something I've never seen before. The amount of bees caught me on the ground, caught me off guard. Never seen it before, you know, but the lady, because we, you know, we discover them the dirt, where the casket exploded. So the lady is just there, and we had to like pick her up. So it took three of us to lift the lady out, to put her onto a sheet, to and put that sheet wrapper, and to put her into a, a new casket before they transported her to the new location of where she would be buried with her family. And at the time, she didn't have uh, family or no known family. So um, the city job was to make sure that she had a proper burial. Family ended up saying, no, no, that's, that's, that's us, that's our family. It's like, well, we want to dug up. So we dug her up, moved her. But yeah, it's definitely different um, with the process. But again, she was in that early decomposition stage because her body was full and bloated. Um, number three, out of the five stages of decomposition, is you got the advanced stage now of decomposition. Now this further discoloration of the body, you know, the more gases are released, the decay begins to escape, and then the odor went from like a little unpleasant to, oh my goodness, this smells crazy, you know. And then when you get to the fourth stage, you get to um, the skeleton stage, you know. The internal organs all liquefy, and then the body essentially dries out. Now, I uh, did a reinterment for a person that was buried in the ground for 100 years. Maybe not, it was a little longer. But I did this burial, we, uh, reinterment, disinterment, disinterment, reinterment. So um, the lady had a wooden casket, iron handles. We found the handles. The casket was wooden, man. It was, it was like hardly anything there. You know, we did find some things that was left over, like her teeth, uh, different fragments of her skull. Believe it or not, it was clothes still left. Um, it's like, wow, that's that's amazing to be in the ground for so long. And the family was like, no, we want her buried with the rest of the family. Again, let's go back to you're not always going to be by yourself. You're not going to be dying alone. You know, people do genealogy. People love their family members, man. So people going to look for you at some point. You know, what's the movie? Coco? Have you seen Coco, the Disney movie? That movie's fantastic. I love movies like that. You know, you celebrate them, they live forever. It's a fantastic movie. That's just my opinion. Everybody don't like the movie. I love the movie. You know, and then the last stage, number five of decomposition is, of course, the extreme decomposition. So we get the early stage where it's the, you know, a little unpleasant odor. We get the advanced 
stage decomposition, which is a super strong odor, so crazy. And then now we're on the last phase of the extreme decomposition to where um, the skeletonization with bleaching, the exfoliation, and the loss of the wide portions of those bones start, you know, decomposition. Uh, so yeah, that's the, the stage is there. Now, I know, again, you're wondering, man, if I'm afraid of death and dying, why did you tell me that? It's like, well, sometimes you got to know what happens. Now, some people opt to just get cremated, or some people opt to have a grain burial to where you become a tree. Tons of options. I did a whole episode about that, too. Like some places like in Japan, they just, you know, bury you out uh, on the sea, you know, put you in a... Uh, certain sarcophaguses and you you out there in the water so they say everything is different everybody have a different culture different thing it's okay it's just you know different so with this fear of death and dying you can't you cannot go through your life every day and have high anxiety so um, a partnership that I'm working on y'all is with BetterHelp and BetterHelp can actually help you um, with therapy if you need it very great resources I, I actually have my promo code if you want to use it um, in the next couple episodes but I figured I'd mention it if you want to just do it on your own before I'm perfectly fine I'm not going to be like oh you should have waited for me no it's not about me it's about you it's about getting you the assistance you need the therapist or advisor that you need boom there you go so that's a great resource that I encourage everybody to do so, um, going back again, death and dying. Well, you know what? Hey, before we continue, I'm so sorry, y'all. Let's take a quick break. Quick break, and then we'll get right back into it. Thank you for listening to Material Tales Podcast. So, <clears throat> excuse me, we are back from that quick break. And let's go back into the fear of death and dying. So we went through the decomposition stages. Now let's talk about who fears death. Again, it's common. It's normal. It's a lot of different <sighs> fields of study that comes involved with the fear of death and dying. Some interesting finds have emerged from the studying the fear of death. So according to a survey of American fears, and this was conducted by a uh, university out there, uh, University of Chapman, Chapman University, that 20.3% of Americans are afraid of dying. Now, there, it was interesting. Like The survey is a little interesting because it is kind of specific. To a degree, when it comes to like dying as in like murder um, by someone you know, or just randomly someone strangles you or gets stabbed. You know, a lot of people have those type of fears too um, when it comes to death. Um, also, you find out that a lot of people, when it comes to fear of things, have a fear of public speaking. It's about 20%. So just think 20.3% of people are afraid of dying. And 20% of people are afraid of public speaking. It's interesting, right? Yeah, I used to be afraid of public speaking. You know, we're not going to get too much into that. 
uh, this episode, but I, you know, previous episode I talked about things that I was afraid of, things that I had fear. You know, Chucky from Child's Play. It's like one of my first episodes in this podcast ever. I told that story. I was a little kid, frightened, terrified. I had a my buddy doll. That's the first thing I ever buried as a kid. I hope my mom will never hear that. You know, my mom don't know I ever did that. I talked about it here a long time ago. Well, that's that's uh, crazy, right? I buried uh, my buddy, and then I buried people for like almost like two and a half years. That's crazy, right? Anyway, let's go on back into this. So, um, women have generally seen a greater tendency to fear death more so than we as men. It's possibly due to the fact that women are more likely to admit to and discuss these type of fears. Because as men, we don't talk about that stuff. We're not going to talk about it. we got to be hard and tough. You know, the fact is, historically, men are more likely to believe in dying for a cause or purpose. Or may also contribute to this. You know, not saying more, but you know what I mean. Now, some researchers will argue that young people fear death more than the elderly. And you do hear about these numbers kind of high in the suicide range numbers um, for, for teens. You know, you do kind of see those numbers a little higher and everything, but, uh, you know, you know. So let's go into the type of, of fears that people have when it comes to death. So we're talking about this, this makes sense. Some people have a fear of the unknown. That's like everybody, right? You know, death remains the ultimate unknown because no one in human history has survived to tell what really happens after we take our last breath. You know, after that, that death cracker, as they say in uh, The Grudge, I don't know if you guys ever seen that movie. But it's human nature to want to understand and make sense of something that you can experience at once. You know, the reality is that death can never be fully understood by anyone who's alive. It makes sense, right? So then also another type of uh, fear when it comes to death is pain and suffering. It makes sense. Many people feel that when they meet death, they will experience the most unbelievable pain, most unbelievable suffering. This fear is common with a lot of people. You know, uh, many people do not realize that, you know, some care can help alleviate that pain and those um, those type of symptoms when it comes to pain and suffering, you know, but that makes sense. It's another thing that people are uh, afraid of, fear of being non-existent. That's important, right? You know, because a lot of people feel that. Many people feel that the idea that they will be completely ceased to exist after death occurs. They might traditionally or typically associate this fear with some atheists. You know, one of my best friends is an atheist. I love this guy. You know, I always try to figure out the thought process, but... It was just, just like, so there's nothing out there. There's nothing that created any of this stuff. It's just, I got you, man. I got you. The truth is that many people of faith also worry that there's belief, that there's belief in the afterlife isn't real after all. You know, I know what I mentioned earlier on the first part of this podcast, you know, but hey, again, everybody's different. You know, again, the biggest fear that I hear when I start talking about us as men, I talk to people I know, is that not in control, that fear of losing control because you're not in control of you dying, you know. Or like just some like some men don't want to go to the doctor. 
I'm a big advocate of going to the doctor, especially as a black man. That's how I feel. Again, everybody don't feel that way. Uh, human nature generally seeks to control the situations we encounter, right? Of course. But death remains something over which we have absolutely no control. And it frightens folks. A lot of people. Now, some may try to attempt to exert some kind of control over death by behaving in a, a careful manner to avoid risk, you know, or undergoing anything that's rigorous and then constantly going to the doctor for health checks. I mean, ultimately, you never know when it's your time. You just never know. Um, it reminded me of the movie Final Destination. They did everything they could, you know, after a while, they'll just get you. Again, it's, it's a fear that people have to control. You know, that fear of eternal punishment is another fear that people have when it comes to death. You know, um, it's kind of similar to that non-existence thing. So this belief, you know, there's not only to the to the certain believers or religions or some type of spiritual faith, but many people, regardless of the religion, fear that they will be punished for what they did, for the acts of what they did throughout their life, whether it's here on earth. A lot of people are afraid of that, you know. And then the last one, as I mentioned before, it's the fear of your loved ones. Who's going to take care of you doing everything? Who's going to take care of them? Who's going to make sure they're okay, you know? All that worry that you have, you know, parents think about their, let's say you have a newborn or your children, your grandparents or your grandchildren, I'm sorry, you start thinking about those things. You know, if a family member is providing home health care given to a loved one, you might fear that no one else can handle them like they can. I mean, that's a big deal. Someone in the prime of their life may feel afraid of the thought of leaving a spouse or a partner alone due to death. It's a fear for people. Those are fears that people have when it comes to death. You know? So, I mean, what is normal? Or, or, or what's healthy and what's unhealthy? Those things matter. The fear of death can actually prove healthy for human beings. It's healthy for us, y'all. When we have a fear of dying, we often act more carefully and take certain precautions. You know, you'll throw your seatbelt on. You know, you won't speed down that road. You know, you may even wear a helmet, knee pads, shoulder pads, you know, that's football. But, you know, you make sure that you wear the necessary protection when you're doing things. Some people, you know, do their jobs and don't care. Other people make sure they always wear the people. You know, a healthy fear of death can also remind us to make the most of our time while we live in. And not to take any type of relationships or connections we have with people for granted. Fearing the reality of death might also push us to work harder in life to have a legacy. And a legacy is absolutely everything. Especially when you have a family. Um, I can attest to that. So, uh, a fear of death can sometimes prove so severe, though, that it interferes with someone's daily life. And they have some phobia for that. The natural phobia. And it's intense for some people. That fear of death and dying is serious. Um, sometimes it can be a little irrational and it can assume absolutely everything if your thoughts in your mind. It may even affect decisions you make on a daily basis, such as not leaving the house. You know, again, sometimes you got to see uh, a therapist, a, a trained professional, mental health, um, 
therapist. Sometimes you have to. Again, being afraid is, is a death is natural. And many people share in this fear to some degree. They do. So if you feel like you you leaning more towards the phobia side, again, hey, go get help, y'all. Go see a therapist. Um, again, I mentioned about better help. They're fantastic. Go check them out um, and everything. But that's what I have there. It's, it's, it's serious. You know, I know some people, it's too much. But I completely understand. So, I didn't... Uh, well, we take another break, and then and now I guess I can conclude this one with how to get over that, that fear of uh, death and dying. That makes sense. So let's take another break, and then we talk about the some chair chairs podcast. from my quick break now let's talk about overcoming how do you overcome this fear of death and dying all right so you have social support networks that they may help to provide a person against death anxiety fear of death and dying you know some people may come to terms with death through their religious belief and then those with high self-esteem, good health, and the belief that they have to be led, fulfilling lives, can get over death and dying as well, you know. But sometimes you may have to see a doctor or a therapist. You know, now, a doctor can recommend a person that has a fear of death and dying and can receive treatment for this uh, anxiety disorder or phobia. You know, it's a lot of different treatments you can get. So, for example, you have cognitive behavior therapy. Now, uh, CBT, it works by gently altering a person's behavior patterns so they can form a new behavior or a new way, and I'm sorry, a new way of thinking. Now, a doctor helps a person come up with some solutions, very practical, to overcome these feelings that you may have uh, while deaf and dying, you know, this fear, this anxiety. This may help to develop some kind of strategy that allows you to become a little more calm and unafraid when thinking about the concept of death. You know, you could do psychotherapy, of course, you know, or um, talking, another way to say it, um, through your anxiety and fears with um, psychologists or, or therapists. You know, now again, these medical professionals, um, professionals, period, they're there to help you find the cause of why you have this fear. And then they help you come up with strategies, again, to cope with the anxiety that you have on a day-to-day basis. Help you make it through. You know, and believe it or not, sometimes just talking about that fear that created that anxiety actually can help you feel more in control of how you feel about fear of death and dying. It makes sense. You know, so... Another example that you can use, some people even do the exposure therapy. I don't remember if it was Maury Povich or Jenny Jones. One of them shows I watched as a kid, and this lady was afraid of aluminum foil. And they tried to get her to overcome it on the stage with people watching millions at home and bringing that aluminum foil out there. This lady petrified. Took off the stage. I feel like it was Maury because whenever somebody went off the stage, I always think about those guys chasing them with the cabinet. 
So maybe it was Maury and not so much Jimmy Jones. But anyway, that exposure therapy, um, for some people it works. Because you face your fears. You know, so that way you're not you're not burying how you feel or you're acknowledging it um, by being exposed to that fear. I know, right? But it's always in a safe environment. They're not going to put you in some random spot that's going to just like destroy you mentally. That's not how it works when you do exposure therapy. Of course, you can always go the route of medication. You know, um, if they have, say, you have a disorder or anything, they can give you some kind of beta blockers or some type of antidepressant medication to assist with that, uh, that, you know, phobia, if it gets that far, excuse me, or if it's just a fear, period, you know, if you never know, you know, medication can be very beneficial in relieving that feeling of uh, stress, again, anxiety, um, short-term, um, and long-term as well. You know, working through your fears in therapy is more likely to provide some long-term results, some long-term relief. And then lastly, you know, I'm a big advocate of meditation, y'all. So, of course, anything on the relaxation type of techniques to get you over your anxieties and your fears, I'm definitely a big advocate of that. You know, practicing self-care can be powerful, very powerful for boosting your overall mental health. And this can help a person feel more able to cope with that anxiety. Very important. Now you've got to make sure, though, that I know some people are some alcoholics, some drinkers that think that drinking can aid in um, overcoming anxieties. That's not the way to go. Some people feel like caffeine it actually makes it worse, in my opinion. I don't know the actual research on it, but uh, that can definitely make you more anxious. You know, you have to get some sleep. If you don't sleep, man, your anxiety can go through the roof. The longer you go without sleep, the more damaging it can be for you. Try to get a good night's sleep. Everybody don't have to get eight hours. Everybody can get six hours, seven hours, five hours. You know, everybody's um, you know, sleep pattern is a little bit different. And make sure you eat a halfway good diet. You don't want to go to sleep and drink a whole bunch of apple juice, for example, and have all these vivid dreams. Now you're jacked up. Um, because you in dreams that whatever fear you may have is just pop in your dream. Let's say you fear falling, or fear of getting chased by somebody with a knife, you know, anything, fear of getting shot. Man, the chances of it happening when you eat something sweet, especially if you drink orange juice, you know, I mean, uh, we haven't talked about it on, on here yet about lucid dreaming. We'll talk about that too, um, astral travel stuff, but that's important. Especially when you mess with uh, certain certain things like maybe yeah, that, that apple juice, you know. But we talk about that in another episode. Uh, but when a person is experiencing any type of anxiety, man, the deep breathing exercises, you know, one man that matters. I'm telling you, it will help save the day. You know, meditation or any type of focus uh, imagery, it gets you where you need to go. So. Um, that's all I have to say in this episode about death and dying. Again, uh, better help. It's a great option. Google it. Look for it. It helps. Um, you know, if you want to go somewhere outside of better help, you know, Regain is also a good one that you can go to. Um, they're relatively good price as well as uh, better help. Somewhere around $60 um, on average a week. You know, 
but hey, appreciate you for listening. If there's any other way I can assist, reach out to me. You can catch me on uh, Facebook, Instagram, Cemetery Tales Podcast. You can email the show, Cemetery Tales Podcast at gmail.com. Uh, you know, I went back, responded to some people, uh, helped them out with genealogy stuff. You know, if there's anything that you need in regards to what we're talking about, uh, even if it's personal, you can reach out to me. Again, you guys know my name is Gerard Surreal. You can find me on my own personal Facebook page um, or Instagram. I'm really more active on Facebook, y'all, to be honest, on my personal page. Um, but you can find me. I'm there. You know, if you want to look anywhere else, the Cemetery Tales podcast is absolutely everywhere. It's all your listening platforms. On uh, all social media, check us out on TikTok, uh, Reddit, everywhere you want to go is there. TikTok page is doing really well. Well, at least two videos are doing phenomenal. Um, we talked about you know the difference between Lucifer and Satan that we did in the episode not too long ago. But majority of everything on here is about fear right now, about phobias. So if you want to check it out, check it out, Cemetery Tales Podcast. Again, I appreciate you, and I'll catch you in the next one.